It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Courage for Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, with your hosts, me, the bald guy who has to fire his barber, and Zach, the damn good-looking kid on my right. All right, Pops, every once in a while, we get some real industry experts on the show. We're going to be talking about the car market reset today. And who better than Dan LaGrange to bring onto the show? I'm going to pull him right in the middle of you and me. Dan, can you take a second to introduce yourself to our community here, and then we'll jump right in? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. My name is Dan LaGrange. I'm the COO of the Key Auto Group. We're uh, based out of New England, but have recently scaled into Florida, Nevada, and uh, PA. So we're a fast-growing auto group. Wow. And how, how, how does it feel to be the meat in the middle of a car edge sandwich here? <laughs> Uh, it feels better than. Oh, and there we go. We lost. Sorry, going in and out of Tornado Alley right now. So just trying to stay safe. <laughs> You're good, Dad. You're good. Hey, so I want to let everyone know before we dig into, we're going to talk about market conditions, Dan. You have a plethora of dealerships. I don't know the exact number. It's more than 15, I think, in the group. Oh, we lost Dan. I'm sure he'll be right back. But Dan's got, I think it's up, uh, close to 20 dealerships in his group. So we're going to get Dan's take on what's going on in the market. And we're huge fans of Dan and what they're doing over at Key. Reason being, they're one of the dealers that we work with back at CarEdge.com. Dan has agreed to $1,000 below invoice price on all of his inventory if you're on the East Coast of the United States and the Northeast, because obviously shipping costs are quite high. So part of the reason we're super excited to have Dan on is he's one of the dealers that, that gets it. You, again, you can get $1,000 below invoice back on caredge.com. Dan, we were just just starting to key, key, key up what's going on over at Key. Can you talk a little bit about the scope of the group that you run? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have 26 dealers right now, um, about 2,000 used cars. And the name of the game for us is volume and shaking as many hands as possible. Um, so we try to be innovators as in, you know, the, the Carvana, but for real dealerships. So to be able to transport uh, nationwide and bring the best uh, possible customer service. I think that, and Pops, I'll give you a second here to jump in. I think that's partly why we work together, right? Like you're, you're trying to move a ton of cars. You're very aggressive on pricing. You're willing to work with us at Car Edge, and it's because there's thousands of cars sitting around. And I think that's part of like the market reset for this year. Like there are cars sitting around, unlike last year. Yeah, I think the easiest way to think of it is um, go back to 2018, the market that we used to be a part of. Um, I think COVID, that whole pandemic was a blip, and I think we need to look past it. So I think a lot of dealerships got greedy, really focused on the margins, the gross profit. And I always knew that was never sustainable. Um, the way to run a good every market is to have some of the best pricing um, and give the best possible customer service. Definitely. Can, go for Dan, it, Ted. Dan, can you give us a... Um, 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 a rundown of some of the brands that you carry? Um, yes. Yeah, so we have General Motors, so that's Chevy, GMC, and Cadillac. The Stellantis family, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Honda. Um, and then we have three Acura stores and uh, a couple Ford stores as well. Uh, I noticed you didn't mention Buick in there. Did you opt out of the Buick program? Uh, yes, I did. We had three Buick uh, stores at that point. And when they came out with the going fully EV and their first model to the public was a two door sports car. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't see the vision here. Not that I'm anti EV, but they should have came out with a third row EV, something that was a little more customer friendly than a sports car that I don't think anyone would ever buy. You know, I like your thinking. 
Um, <laughs> do, do you do you find yourself at times wondering how somebody ended up greenlighting some of these vehicles that manufacturers produce? Oh, it's it's hard. And I mean, I think one of the biggest ones we're all actually living through right now is the Blazer EZ. It's about a $60,000 price point. When they came out with it, I gave my opinion. I'm like, you know, who is this for? You know, a lot of the EV buyers are people that are very, very value driven. So they look at total cost of ownership, um, MSRP, maintenance, um, fuel costs, energy costs, whatever you want to call it. And what's the total cost of ownership, say over five or 10 years? And, and the blazer never really penciled out. If it's okay, guys, I want to pull up something on the screen because Cox Automotive just yesterday had their annual update, their projections for what they think are going to happen in 2024. And I'd like to run through, you know, Dan, you're active in the business. You oversee the transaction. I mean, thousands of cars get transacted every year and you oversee it. Pops, during your career, you sold, I mean, maybe a billion dollars worth of cars. It's kind of crazy to say that out loud. I want to pull up and get your perspectives on this. Here's the forecast for 2024 from Cox Automotive. Because I went with the title for today's show, and Dan, we, we appreciate We know you tune in. So I want to run through, for our audience, the forecast for 2024 and get your takes. So I'm going to run through all five things, and then we'll, we'll go through them one by one. First, they say slow growth ahead, but it beats a recession. Number two, vehicle supply is back to favoring consumers with downward pressure on prices. Number three, they say, is in 2024, we officially bid farewell to the seller's market excuse me, number three. Number four is if uh, in the electric vehicle market, 2024 will be uh, the year of more. And number five is car buying in America. Normal is nice. Some of these, I think the marketing person went a little over the top, but let's start with number one, slow growth ahead, but it beats a recession. Dan, when you think about things at your group and when you think about the industry in general, I went with market reset. Do you think that means slow growth for, for your group or slow growth for the industry? Obviously, you're going to try and buck the trend, but what do you see there? Um, I think growth is going to be just fine. Uh, we were up 44% year over year on new car volume sales. I, I don't think it'll be 44%, but I would be surprised if we don't see another 25% gain. And I think it's just going to, the market's going to dictate more to those dealers that are more uh, volume focused than growth focused. I think you'll see a lot of dealers transacting, a lot of buy sales going on, because a lot of people aren't going to want to go back to the way of doing business before. Um, and, and I think that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a terrible year. I think margins are going to compress, but we've all known that for some time. And as long as you have a plan around it, I think it's going to be a good year all in all. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to disagree slightly. And, and um, your group, I think, experienced phenomenal growth compared to the industry itself. And I, I I don't think the vast majority of dealers out there operate the same way you guys do. And that is that I'm going to say that the vast majority of dealers still think it's right after COVID and that they could ask for market adjustments and they're going to be greedy and they're not going to get back into the car business as you know it to be and as I know it to be. So if I think you're in the minority <clears throat> and Yes, I think your group will see growth because your whole concept is let's just move the metal, mm -hmm. where I think the vast majority of dealers out there are still going to um, fall back to what's well, like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, you know, if if the if this customer doesn't buy it, the next one will. Um, so I, I think growth is going to be somewhat slow because too many dealers just um, are are reactive instead of proactive and your group is proactive. 
definitely going to create opportunities there for people to be more aggressive, which ties into points number two and three. Vehicle supply is back to favoring consumers with downward pressure on prices. Dan, I just saw a comment come through in our chat. Here it is from Justin saying this channel has been hammering reset talk and used car prices crashing. I guess if you say it long enough, eventually it has to come true. We're not there yet, folks. What's your perspective on this? Are we are we there yet? Have you have you seen changes in the industry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the data really supports that. I mean, I think um, auction prices over the last six weeks have dropped 10 or more percent. And it's just going to take some time for that to trickle into resale value. So dealerships are going to try to hold margins as long as they can. They're going to try to fight, 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 keep those prices high. But at the end of the day, if they know they can replace that car for four or $5,000 less than they're asking for it, they're going to need to move on to that car. So it will take some time, but there's absolutely a reset here. Um, we're teetering right on it being a buyer's market. There's already some really great incentives, a lot of 0% interest rates or low interest rates. So to be a consumer, I'd say start keeping keep an eye out um, and start looking for your deals because I think they're around. Can I ask one follow-up question? And it ties into point number three and, and then Pops, I'll get out of the way. Point number three is this idea of bidding farewell to a seller's market and obviously transitioning to a buyer's market. One of the things we talk about a lot on this channel and back on our Car Edge channel, Dan, is floor plan. Is that one of the things that goes through your mind as well when you're contemplating all this? Because I think they hear it from my dad. Like our audience hears it from my dad and they believe him with, with good reason. You used to used to deal with this, Pops. I think hearing it from another voice that like a, a seller's market meant floor plan was actually a profit center for your dealerships versus in a buyer's market, floor plan's a, a cost center, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Throughout COVID and up until really right now, it was a massive profit center. You'd see you know, thousands and thousands of dollars rolling in as additional money. So it was essentially free for you to hold these vehicles. And then you're making money on top of it. That's no longer the case, especially for Stellantis stores. Um, so especially as a consumer, if you look at what's been on a dealer's lot the longest, those dealers are incentivized to move that car today. Um, so it's absolutely the truth. And that's why I'm saying it's transitioned more to a buyer's market. I mean, my price was already fantastic. We're already seeing the same type of deals that you would have pre-pandemic. And I, I think it will continue. All right. I know I said I'd shut up, Pops, but I got to pull this up from Cameron and then it's all yours. Bought a Jeep Gladiator last week from a key CDJR. So there you go, Dan. You're, uh, you're obviously doing things right. If our audience, who are really the ones that are most knowledgeable about the process, are going to key, that's a good a good, good sign. And again, a friendly reminder, everyone, Dan's been very aggressive on pricing. $1,000 below invoice. Go to caredge.com. Choose which brand you're interested in. Our team will follow up with you. You don't even have to worry about going to one of Dan's dealerships. You can take care of everything through CarEdge. Go for it, Pops. What's on your mind? All, all I was going to say is it's, it's nice to have somebody back me up when <laughs> I say dealers have to think about the cost of having their inventory sit there. That That is a major driver. And for dealerships out there whose sales management team might have gotten lazy over the past three or four years and really haven't had to manage their inventory, it's back to managing inventory. It's knowing how long each day has sat, each car has sat, you know, how many days each car sat at the dealership. And, and you must keep that in mind and push those older cars out first. And, you know, that was something... Two years ago, nobody worried about last free last year for the most part. Nobody worried about it. They're starting to worry about it. At least the smart dealerships. Um, it's all about inventory management. The quicker you can turn them, uh, the less expense there is to hold on to them. The more money you can make. Dan, can we ask you one question around turning inventory, which is the allocation process? So you know, you've mentioned you've got over twenty five 
around the 25 dealerships that you manage. Does every dealership, and my dad's talked about this ad nauseum, but hearing it from another voice is useful. Does turning the inventory more quickly, is there a benefit there because you're able to then get more inventory from the OEM or how does that relationship work? Yeah, absolutely. Every brand's a little bit different, but let's take a look at GM, for example. There's a turn and earn system. So there's still very desirable vehicles out there, Tahoes, Corvettes, Suburbans. Um, and you have a snapshot one to three times a month. So that snapshot is where they look at your inventory compared to what you sold and then allocate you additional inventory. Um, so that's why you see a lot of the best deals happen at the end of the month, because the dealer knows, hey, your snapshot's coming. I need to earn more inventory. So even though I know I could hold out for another $2,000 on this car profit. I'm ready to move it today because I need the next one coming in. So it definitely plays a role for sure. One other thing that we talk a lot about is that at different dealerships, there can be different dynamics. That could be both regionally and by OEM. I'm going to pull up another chart from the Cox data, which is the brand inventory. So the market day supply of inventory broken down by brand. If I heard you correctly earlier, within the key group, there are Honda dealerships. Honda on this chart is the second lowest day's supply of inventory in the United States right now. Toyota is the only brand with a fewer day's supply. And for those of you that are new to the channel, day's supply is how many days it would take to sell all available inventory based on the current sales rate. At the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Lincoln, Chrysler, Jeep, Nissan, Infiniti, Mitsubishi, Buick, Ram, Ford, Genesis, all the ones to the right, even Acura to the right of the national average. Can you talk a little bit, Dan, however, however deep you feel comfortable going you know, in, into this here, what are the differences between like the Honda dealership in your group right now? And I don't know, like the Chrysler, you know, the CDJR dealership in your group right now, because the inventory situations are drastically different, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, Honda still doesn't have any inventory. I mean, they'll sell to zeros a lot of months. Um, I'm not sure that's really a great strategy from the manufacturer. I think they should probably get more leveled out to a 30 to 45 day supply. Um, and Stellantis is a little bit of the opposite, but that's where you're starting to see the crazy deals going on because every dealer knows that. So you're going to see larger discounts on the Stellantis that's going to give you more of a value driven deal as a consumer. Um, so on average, I'm going to say your Honda deals aren't going to be nearly as aggressive as your Stellantis deals. So as a consumer, I think it's really a good idea to shop the different models, um, see what deals are out there, and see what makes sense for you. I got one more question for Dan Pops, but you can go first. And, and again, super busy guy running 25 dealerships. That's insane. Uh, so we got to be respectful of that. But you go for it, Dad, and I got one more on my I, end. I, I just wanted to ask a question, and you don't have to go too deep into this if you don't want to. Um, when you look at your your manufacturing partners, your your factory partners, do you think of them along the lines as a partner or as just in, in my case, I always thought of them as a necessary evil. Uh, I'm just curious as to how you look at them. Um, I look at them truly as a partner. Um, <clears throat> if you have good relationships with them, you buy into the programs they do and you treat the customers the right way. Um, you know, it's just beneficial for everybody. So I look at them as a true partner. Of course, the first follow-up question is going to be was, well, what about Stellantis and the 200-day supply inventory? Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> because we just built a new dealership in uh, White River, Vermont. So there's all there's a lot of inventory already, and plus they're trying to give us extras. So we try to work with them and say, well, maybe we don't want this car with the 300-day market day supplies. You've been talking about Grand Wagoneers. Um, yeah. Maybe let's not take those and let's focus on the Grand Cherokee Ls that have a ton of demand um, or the V8 Rams. Um, so, so I think if it's a partner for sure, especially because we're scaling. So at the end of the day, I want them to love us so we can have 50 stores next time we talk. I can't wait. <laughs>
<laughs> that kind of leads me to my question, Dan, which is around incentives and the OEMs having to step up to be able to get these vehicles to move. Well, I'll, I'll speak from our experience. In December, we moved a heck of a lot of Mazda vehicles through one of our other dealer partners. And I think it was primarily driven by the fact that obviously customers could buy through us. So they didn't have to, they, they could essentially like skip the dealership, which was a, a you know an appealing um, a value proposition. But let's be real, it's because there was 0% financing for 60 months. You know, there was a huge incentive there. Mazda then pulled that back here in January, and now it's up to 36 months that you can get 0% financing on, on much more select trims, and things have slowed down. And so I wonder, the question to you is, what, what amount of um, step-up do you expect to see from the OEMs? And we have data on this, and you know, it shows that incentive spend is going back up. I'm just curious your thoughts on, as we head into 2024, the market resetting, how much, uh, how significant will those uh, OEMs have to incentivize their vehicles? I, I think that's the most important thing about car sales, honestly, is the manufacturers can't have their dealers sitting on inventory. It's going to affect their shareholders. It's going to affect everything that they manage through metrics. Um, so I think they're going to step up. And I think you saw that with Stellantis already, where they took off uh, the large percent off MSRP on the HDs. And all of a sudden, there was 15 on the grounds that didn't move for 200 days, and they're all gone. Um, so I think all the manufacturers are going to look at ADS. I think it's very important to them. And I think uh, incentive spend will definitely continue to go up. Yeah. yeah I, think that, I think that's a true indication that it is a buyer's market, no longer a seller's market, it, at least for some brands. Obviously, not as much of a buyer's market when it comes to Honda, but when it comes to, to Ford, Lincoln, um, perhaps even Acura, um, and CDJR, yeah, you could see where it's turning into a buyer's market. Yeah, and one of well, the Dan, biggest things I see is the the light duty trims, and that goes across the board for every manufacturer. There's pockets of super high demand in vehicles without a lot of supply. But if I'm a consumer, I'm looking at light duties, and I'm talking to dealers saying, "I know there's a lot of these out there. Where's the deals?" And and they'll be found. You'll get one of the best deals um, on on light duty vehicles. Well, Dan, thank you for taking the time to, uh, you know, out of your day to spend some time with us and our, our community. Again, want to remind everyone back at caredge.com, all you got to do, scroll down just a touch, folks, $1,000 below invoice. And Dan's even generous enough that on those used vehicles can go $500 below what Key's advertising. And again, folks, you can buy this directly through CarEdge, obviously fulfilled by our partner over at Key. Dan, kudos to you for the way that you approach running your business. Thank you for being a part of our community. We look forward to maybe even like next quarter getting to get it, uh, getting to have an update from you on what you're seeing. And uh, yeah, really, truly thank you for, for taking some time to, uh, to be with us today. Uh, and thank you guys for everything you do. I think it's great for the community. I think it's great for the car business. I think you guys will continue to grow. So keep rocking and, and I love it. Thank you, Dan. Awesome. You you are you are the man. Now go back and uh, crack the whip, buddy. Go crack <laughs> that whip. All right, I'm on it. <laughs> See you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that was your management style, wasn't it? Um, it's, it's great, man. I mean, it's it's super interesting for us as we navigate starting to partner with dealerships, like how to do it, how to do it without like selling out. Honestly, yes. like how do we make sure that we're still putting customer interests first? And like you meet people like him, he's got 25 dealerships. If he's got 100 cars at each dealership, which he's got more because they got 2,000 used cars in inventory, yes. he said. I mean, he's probably got three, 4,000 cars on the ground. And he's just looking for ways to move volume. Those are the right people to be talking to because they get it. Yeah, I mean, he 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 said it early on. He, you know, it's it, it, you, you couldn't fall into the trap that many dealers fell into uh, during uh, and after the pandemic, which was, you know, there was low supply and high demand. And so you take advantage of people and then 
you, you forget what it is to actually be in the car business and how it is that you actually move the metal. And they're strictly volume-based. And the whole idea is to move it as quickly as you can at whatever price point it takes to do that. And uh, and the reason that they're willing to do it is because he knows that every time they do that, it creates an opportunity in their in their finance and insurance office, in the business office. It creates a new customer for parts and service. It has every every deal you take has legs and layers yeah. to it that that are important to the dealership rather than just sitting on the product and and being a hard ass and saying you either pay this price or the next person who walks in will his his way of doing it is let's figure out how to make every deal and and it's yeah. the right way to do it yeah 100% i want to pull up one more slide from the cox automotive uh, set of data talking about 2024. So let me get that up on the screen. Give me one second. Again, caredge.com. If we can help you, we're obviously trying our best to make it easier to buy a car. You can skip the dealership and buy yes. it from CarEdge instead. All right, here you go, folks. Percent of an MSRP that is being incentivized, uh, or percent of a transaction price that's being incentivized. That blue line shows you the uh, uh, the trend. You know, yes. incentives as a percentage of the transaction price are going back up. So this, this chart's a little difficult to read, but that's on the, the axis over on the left. We had been as low as 2% of the vehicle's transaction price was being incentivized by the automaker. We're back up to about 6%. That's a 3x increase from the lows of the pandemic times. That being said, look at you know top left corner of this chart. It used to be that you would get 10% off in incentives from an automaker. Okay, so we are slowly but surely working our way back towards that. And that's the set that we've been talking about. We'll continue to talk about. That's going to be the story of 2024 is the market normalizing and going back to what it was before the pandemic. That that blue line is going to rise above the green line um, probably within the next 90 days where you will see the, the percentage of transaction price that is covered by incentive spends probably closer to eight nine and in some cases perhaps it's Stellantis and some of the other brands that are having a tough time as much as 10 percent which all indicates that we are getting back to what the automobile business was prior to covid okay it was always based on volume on moving yep the metal as quickly as you could with the manufacturer underwriting that to a to about a 10 10% degree of the total transaction price it's just what the what the industry was it's what the industry is moving back to because there was another chart in there that showed that we're up to about 2.6 million new vehicles in inventory pre covid most dealerships uh, in most months, new vehicle dealerships had between three and a half million and four million new vehicles available on a monthly basis. That number dropped down to as low as 900,000. Um, manufacturers don't necessarily want to get back up to the three and a half million point, but they didn't really want to go above 2.4 million. They're at 2.6. My guess is that number is going to keep steadily growing and we're yep. going to approach 3 million new vehicles available uh 
on a monthly basis. That means manufacturers are going to dramatically increase the size of their incentive spends to move those vehicles. It is, it is the reset, as you have stated, has started. Okay. The, the seller's market is turning into a buyer's market. It's, it's inevitable. It happens. It's just, there are cycles in all these businesses. And right now, that cycle is shifting to where it is becoming a buyer's market again, no longer a seller's market. I was proud of myself. I went with reset instead of demise, crash, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. you know, anything like that. You know, and, and can I say something? We still have 1,458 people viewing this without having to be quite as hyperbolic as you had been in the past. Um, so maybe, maybe this is proof. Um, it, but it's only one show. But maybe yeah, this tomorrow, is- tomorrow I'm going off the deep end, man. Tomorrow yeah, yeah, go ahead. Tomorrow will be a used car market update because I saw someone was asking about what's going on in the used car market. <laughs> Prices were down 7% in December. So that is a car mi- market catastrophe or a – no, that's not – that's not hyper Carmageddon. Yeah. Carmageddon. Yeah, Carmageddon, you know, um, right after I get blown off my balcony later uh, by, the, by the dusty winds here at the Jersey Shore. Can I jump to the chat, Pops, and then can we do our favorite segment of the show? Certainly, certainly, certainly. Core guy, thank you for being here as always. We appreciate your involvement. As a Mazda fanboy, 3% below invoice sounds like an amazing deal. But as Kirsten Dunst, an interview with a vampire, said, quote, I want some more. Yeah, you know what, core guy? I don't believe you. I don't know if on Mazdas you're going to be able to get too much more than that um, because there's just not enough enough profit. And and I believe, Zach, you were actually at 3.5%. So there, we just gave you more, core core guy we went from three to three and a half percent like that um and do you want more of course you want more we always we're you know we're human beings and let me let me say this in the nicest way we're human beings which means in actuality we're all pigs we all want more okay it's just human nature it's you know the the good deal is never good enough um so we always want more uh, sometimes we 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 should just settle for what we know is actually good, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I think you're spot on. We always want more. Uh, Pops, I want to pull this up quickly from Sam saying, I really enjoyed the information. I was wondering if there are any dealers on the West Coast, specifically the Pacific Northwest that you guys deal with. No, not yet. Really for the next, I don't know, month or so, it's going to be focused on working with Dan and uh, Joe from JC Lewis. So if you're interested in a Mazda and you live in the Southeast of the United States, we can help you out. If you're interested in any of the brands that Dan mentioned earlier uh, and you're in the Northeast, we can help you out. If you're outside of that region, we can still help you. It's just shipping becomes really expensive and we can't we can't pay. I tried for last month. I tried to pay for shipping. I paid $2,000 to ship a Mazda across the entire country. And I was like, you know what? Can't do this. That just like we, we can't make enough YouTube videos to get enough ad revenue to offset it. It just doesn't work. I tried to and you me told that. me and you told me i no, i tried to i tried you you just didn't hear me no i heard you and i didn't believe you and I was wrong. <laughs> all right can we please go to our favorite segment yeah. and you know what one guy one guy andrew it was a gentleman named andrew yeah andrew up in the pacific northwest got a great deal on a mazda we we ate a two thousand dollar shipping bill and he was really happy so you know what there's worse things in life yeah, can no, you do no. our, our ad lib yeah uh really you gotta be kidding me Dad was right. 
<laughs> We're kicking it off here, Dad. U.S. consumer borrowing surges on jump in credit card balances. Revolving credit increased $19.1 billion. U.S. consumers borrowing surged in November by the most in a year on a jump in credit card balances as the holiday shopping season kicked into high gear. Total credit rose $23.8 billion after rising a revised $5.8 billion in October. Revolving credit outstanding, which includes credit cards, increased $19.1 billion in November, the most since March of 2022. Non-revolving credit, such as loans for vehicle purchase and school tuition, climbed $4.6 billion. Dad, the really you got to be kidding me here is that we're entering into a year of reset, which should be an opportunity for a lot of people to, you know, like buy things and, and leverage, um, mm-hmm. even, even though interest rates are high, like, you know, take advantage of the fact that there's an oversupply for a change, some deflation rather than in- inflation. Yet the credit balances are through the roof. So the DTI, the debt to income, I mean, this is just a, you know what that, honestly you know, sad, sad when I saw it. You know what that says to me? That mm. even though, like, for instance, the car business is going to turn into a buyer's market. And and many other things might turn into a buyer's market. Um, the buyers out there won't be able to finance it because they're already buried in debt. Um, you know, people are people have lived off their credit cards and and outstanding credit for such a long period of time that at a certain point there's no debt left for them to take on, um, which ultimately could slow down the economy. Um, yeah. You know, debt is is a wonderful thing when handled properly. Um, but the sad reality is, is that that the vast majority of people don't do not handle it properly and and oftentimes find themselves in trouble. So this 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 might not bode well um, for what happens in the future when there are deals out there that nobody can take advantage of. Exactly, because we've been tracking the auto loan approval rating. And the auto loan approval or rejection rating, it was actually the second highest it's been in the past like decade or so from the data we had at the end of last year. And so as you have more and more opportunity to get better, quote unquote, better deals, you are going to have more people that are not able to get approved for the financing mm-hmm. of those purchases. That, that, that is a bad mix. You, yeah. know, you, want, you, you want one, not the other. You either want bad prices, but everyone can get approved. That's kind of where we were for the past 18 months. And now we're in better prices, but no one can get approved is the fear. That's not a good mix. man. Very No, much un- not unfortunately mix. not. The people that would want to take advantage of those deals will find themselves in a position that they will be unable to um, because they took on way too much debt in the last three or four years. And, you know, it's that's why you have to use debt wisely. Now, a lot of folks during the pandemic paid above MSRP to purchase their vehicles. Our second, really, you've got to be kidding me, one of the top 10 slowest moving vehicles in the United States does not mean that dealers in California won't add a market adjustment. This was sent to me just yesterday. Yes. A gentleman was walking his local uh, lot on a Ford Mach-E, Mustang Mach-E, which has an original MSRP. I think our heads are, no, it's right above my dad's head. $68,330, folks. That's the original MSRP. That's not stopping this dealership from adding a $5,000 market adjustment, taking it up to 75 grand. This photo was snapped two days ago. Two days ago, folks. One of the top 10 slowest moving vehicles that no longer gets a federal tax incentive. And this dealer has a $5,000 addendum sticker still on the lot. May I, may, may I say, 
<clears throat> and I've said it a gazillion times. And if I had a dollar for every time I said it, I get hair plugs. Um, <laughs> but you look at an addendum label, it's just an ask. A dealership can ask whatever they want. You don't have to pay it. You don't have to agree to it. Uh, it's like a contract. You can either accept it, you can reject it, or you can amend it. So when you see something like that, you, 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 you go, great, great. Here's what I was thinking. Uh, the vehicle was 68. I was thinking somewhere around $64,000. Well, yeah, but what about the other? I, I don't care about the other stuff. What about this? You know, just because you're asking for it doesn't mean I'm going to be the moron that pays for it. And yep. based on how long these vehicles have been sitting on dealers' lots, there aren't nearly as many morons walking around today as there had been in the past. So, you know, it's just an ask. You can ask. I mean, customers ask stupid things all the time, you know. Doesn't mean the dealer's going to take it. Doesn't mean you as a customer should take it. Just just bear that in mind. We've got here from Core Guy. Thanks for the contribution, Core Guy. CMA Toyota of Martinsburg, Virginia is selling their Corolla Hybrid LE at invoice plus a four hundred and fifty dollars dock fee. Ask for Nicholas. Let Nicholas know you you heard about it from Core Guy over on the YouTube machine. That's awesome, man. Even yeah. even brands like Toyota, and I actually. I meant to mention this to you before we hopped on. I got two dealers that we had had conversations with last year that chose not to, you know, pursue working with us. Uh, you know, at that time, hit me up just this morning. Hey, how do we get involved? So I really and and one of them, one of them is a, uh, a Toyota dealership. So it's like I see it happening. I see it happening, even though the the market days supply data shows and demonstrates, like we were talking to Dan. Yeah, at his CDJR dealerships, like he doesn't want another Jeep Grand Wagoneer that's going to sit there for three hundred days. But yeah. heck, I, I think in some regions, Dad, even with Toyotas, like look at that example from Core Guy, like it, it's happening. The market is truly, truly resetting. Let's answer one quick question here from uh, from Jose. Let's see if we can help him out, Dad. Okay. Jose said, guys, how soon can I refinance my car purchase? Bought it two weeks ago. The dealer wouldn't accept my own financing. Uh, you could do it now. <laughs> you could do it now. Um, the only dilemma with doing it now is the whoever you refinance it with you know they're going to want to make sure that they get the title which you don't have yet um but if you make them aware of that moving forward they're, they're you know you, you you could probably still do it now at the very at the very latest when you by the time your first payments do which is either 30 or 45 days from when you got the car you could do it then um but yeah i i would start making arrangements to do it as quickly as i possibly could and a dealership that refuses to let you use your own financing as a dealer living in the in the Stone Ages, like, they, do they make more money when they when you finance through them? Of course they do. We've talked about yes. that on this channel, Car Edge channel. It's called the back end of the deal. They still should just want to move a car. It's it's not our job to tell them how to run their business, but we're going to tell them how to run their business. Just sell someone a car. Yes. If they want to pay cash, let them pay cash. If they want to finance it through their credit union, let them finance it through. Like, who cares? Just move the car. You, yeah, you, it's, you it's know if if. If you go into just about any retail store that sells products, you know, they, they, they don't say to you, oh, well, you have to finance it. They just, they just want you to buy it. They don't care how you pay for it. And 
in a lot of stores today and restaurants today, if you want to use your credit card or tack it on uh, two, three, four percent to cover their their processing fees with the with the credit card company. So you know, there's a lot of businesses that would prefer not to have to take your credit card. That that would be very happy to take your cash. It, it was greedy car dealers during the pandemic who came up with this concept. Well. Um, you have to finance it through us at our, get the hell out of here. You're selling a product. However, the customer wants to pay for it. The customer's free and entitled to pay for it. And if you want to be stupid enough to prevent them from buying the product you're trying to sell, you're a bigger moron than a lot of your customers out there. That's just me. All right, let's get your blood pressure back down. I want to pull up one thing, though, from Eddie. He says, unfortunately, I found a dealer on Car Edge that's playing the same games as the other dealers here in Miami. Very disappointing gang. We are working on some big things to make life a hell of a lot easier back on the website. When you use the car search right now, folks, we don't have control over... Yeah, I'll search for an F-150. We don't have control over the listings unless... They're in our Car Edge dealer network. I must have hit. Oh, I've got dealer network uh, yeah. toggled here. Unless they're in our Car Edge dealer network. So all these vehicles here, you know, we can give you insight into what we think you should pay for that vehicle. Here's the target discount. Here's the fair price. We are working on some new flows, some new funnels. We are really, really, really committed to this idea that we can take out the salesperson, the sales manager, and the F&I manager. And with these dealer partners that we're starting to work with, they're letting us do it. So if you're interested in that Mazda, you're interested in any of Dan's inventory on the homepage, just scroll down a little bit and that's where it's got the information there. Give us a shot, guys. You can work with us, our team versus versus the dealership. And I I, I hate that we still advertise these cars for dealers that we don't, that they, they play games. Like I want to I want to get rid of it, man. Well, they're they're not know, worth our time today. You, you and I had a conversation the other day as we grow the dealer network and the car search tool will only be for the dealers that are part of our dealer network, and that'll be the only inventory that will show up. And and at least that way we know that if somebody's looking at it, that the price they see it for is the price they'll be able to buy it for. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right, folks, we're going to call the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Sorry we weren't here yesterday. We were just a little busy and tied up on things, but we'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 a.m., specific good to be with you pops do not go outside i don't want you to blow away in the wind um you know and whatever remaining here i have you know i i went in and i and 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 so steve my barber says to me he says well you know what do you want to do i said they're shorter he says well how brave do you want to be and i said well you know it's winter um uh, it's cold out there i don't want to be all that brave um and he goes okay and then he starts doing his thing and then i see like the blend's getting higher and higher. And then at a certain point, he just looked at me and, and you could just see it happen in his mind where he just goes, Oh, the hell with it. And he, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I said, you know, I don't the, think it looks bad. I think your haircut looks good. It looks way better than when I got my haircut last time. I, well, you know, you, you, you know, it's blurry this way. I'm telling you, you know, I said, I, I looked at Steve. I said, you know, the, the best part about a haircut, he says, yeah, I know it'll all grow back. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he screwed up. You know, he absolutely you look good, man. You look good. The color coordination looks nice today, too. We both wore the collared shirt over yeah. the, over the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's that's that somebody says you need a Susanna says you need a haircut. I don't, he's, trust af it. he's afraid to go back to a barber. Um, yeah, no, I understand, you know. So, anyway, I'll, I'll see Steve again in, in another lifetime. 
<laughs> we'll see all you back here tomorrow. Pops, I love you. Thank you I for the love show. you, too. Have a good time. A huge thanks again to Dan from Key Auto Group. Yes. If we can help you, check out the website, caredge.com. Otherwise, back to work for us. Well, for me, he's retired. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah I got to do laundry.